Her Library, a short story by Francisco Rubio Castillo, published by Fifty Libros. She walked slowly but resolutely through the long corridor of her magnificent house. Picture your favorite house ever. I'll give you a moment. Go on, do it. Take your time. It's worth it, you understand, for the clarity and immersion in the narrative. So, you know which house, right? The dimensions, the features, the decor, everything important about it. Well, the house she was traversing that beautiful Sunday morning was her dream house. It had been so for at least a whole lifetime. She loved it there. Going back to the beautiful Sunday morning, imagine that time of year that you just love. Oh, with the trees in that state, with those colors and the smells. Imagine going out to the street or to your garden and smelling those aromas, those veritable live perfumes. The sky was that shade of color that just gets you in that mood that makes your heart sore, makes you feel cozy in your own skin. Nothing hurts you, and you are wearing the kind of clothes that you like to wear, because it's that time of year. Everything's just right. Can you imagine? Can you recall those things? That is how she was feeling right then. Either the sun was shining through the great or small windows of the corridor, or the rain was gently tapping them. It's up to you. The important thing is that you create the set of circumstances that allow you to get in the same mood as she was. And since no one likes the exact same things, I repeat, it is up to you. You can even change the settings as we go along, just as long as you are as comfortable as she was. Indeed, everything about that morning pointed towards a good session of reading in her library. Her personal library, of course. Ah... Wouldn't you just love to have a room in your dream house filled with all your favorite books? The smell of them, their accessibility, their company and their reliability. Always there for you, whenever you wanted them, without judging or missing you. Isn't that just a dream? If you, sir or madam, are one of those privileged few, and I use this word loosely of course and with the best of my intentions, who actually have a library of their own and do not even need to read about them, well, I salute and respectfully envy you. Enjoy yourself in our stead, please. She got, after a little while, to the door of said dreamy literary space. She smiled in a tranquil way as she opened the door or doors if there were even any. Perhaps it is just an archway in your dream house. That's also very, very nice, although in my opinion, it lacks privacy. Whatever gets you in the mood, as I said earlier. She was there is the point, and she was happy in that indescribable moment of anticipation before doing something you just love to do and are eager to be doing as soon as possible. She was calm, though. Remember that. It was a rested, profound sort of happiness. The kind that only an adult or a very tired child resting in the sun after playing in the pool for hours can experience. She entered the room. It was filled with a glow that invited one to dream, to let go. Let go of the horrors of daily, it's always daily, life and human existence. Fiction and sometimes fictionalized non-fiction, provides the much-needed release. 
She walks slowly by the rows and rows of perfectly well-kept books. Some are pristine, others have gathered just a little bit of dust. They'll get their turn, all of them. There must be hundreds, thousands of them. All perfectly aligned and waiting as patiently as the sand in the beach waits for the next high tide. They knew they would have their moment, possibly even moments, alone with her. So she looked around, almost aimlessly. Ah, what to read, she thought abstractly. What to read indeed. Whenever she didn't have the time, dozens of volumes demanded her attention. We've all been there, have we not? You just need to read that novel right there in front of your face. But there are other, supposedly more pressing things which you have to do first. And then... Like an addict who is no longer used to the usual dosage because she has been off her shit for quite a while, you go back to your poison with a strange reluctance. For her, it was as if reading one of those particular books would kill her, because she had been away, not using, for too long. She felt weirdly estranged. They were family, after all. She resolved to approach one of the accessible ones. A specimen out of those which were recent enough so as not to require her to change her entire mindset in order to understand what they said. Oh, some of the really old ones weren't even written in English or Spanish or even Latin. Those were a lot of work. Too much of a hassle for a wonderful day like that. Yes, she would pick that one. The one with the cover in a rich tone of your favorite color. Yeah... Imagine it. Picture it. It's a rich color, the book bound in leather and dyed masterfully. She gave the book a half-smile, almost remembering what it was about. She cradled it in her hands. It was the most adequate size, that book. Great for reading and holding open in your hand or hands. She sat down. The seat she chose was extremely comfortable. It was dressed in cloth or leather, depending on your preferences. For her, it was cozy and not too soft. It supported her back in a way that allowed for a pleasant posture. Not too stiff, but not too relaxed either. If one gets too relaxed when reading a book, you know this, you're a reader, one falls unavoidably asleep. She didn't want that. Not that day, anyway. She opened the tome. It crackled and almost screeched under the pressure of her fingers. The smell of old paper, mixed with all those other wonderful things, reached her like a greeting. The hello of a very old, forgotten friend whom you are having trouble recognizing when he stops you on the street. She began reading, My name is Juana Garcia. It is the year of our Lord, 1475, and I am in good health and sound of mind as I write this. She frowned in concentration. The room and everything in it began to dissolve around her as her mind traveled backwards several centuries. The crown, the realm, and my people are in danger. It has been a whole year since the death of our king, Henry the Fourth, and Castile is bleeding. A civil war is upon us. Those who think that I should be crowned are faced with the violent opposition of those who think that Isabella, my aunt and sister to the late king is the rightful heiress. My aggressors believe me the daughter of Don Beltrán de la Cueva, a nobleman, and therefore negate my royal blood. They ridicule me and call me Beltraneja. They shall pay for this. 
the conflict goes well and beyond what is simply apparent. The crown and the nobility are at odds and often oppose each other openly. There are nasty frictions in the cities, where they rant against the counts and dukes who rule over them. Even the nobles are fighting amongst themselves. It is chaotic, and something must be done right away. Our neighbours are preparing their stances. Aragorn is crouched and ready to jump on me and my defenders. Portugal is behind us, for now, if only for the fact that I am engaged to one of their princes. I know that Isabella is planning her marriage to Fernando, the heir to the crown of Aragorn. This makes her extremely dangerous. If she were to succeed, she may very well become the most powerful woman in the world. I see no way forward in reconciliation. War is coming, soon. I must prepare myself in body and soul. I pray to our Lord that he may give me strength and illuminate me in these dire times. I shall be, as I have always been, his humble servant forever, and no matter what happens, I will accept his will and judgment. She was fully immersed now. She could hear nothing but the sound of Doña Juana's words in her mind. She read non-stop for hours. It was night-time when she read the following. Isabella and Fernando have defeated us. All is lost. As I write these words, two guards stand in the hallway, so that I might not escape this room. I am imprisoned in my own house. I have been given a choice. Try to run and die, or accept my fate, and live. I shall live, then, and Isabella will be Queen of Castile and Aragorn, and who knows, maybe something more. I see a deep fire and radiant light in her eyes. I will always be the rightful queen, but she... She is something special, I will admit to that. Her husband, I hear, is no lamb either. His heart is brave and his blood flows strong as the river that gives name to his house. I will devote the remainder of my days, I have decided, to our Heavenly Father, who has kept me and protected me through this terrible ordeal. I am thankful and shall marry him. As of now I am a bride of Christ, and I will remain so forever until my last breath sets my eternal soul free from the pains of my body. I give this document to my captors, trusting their honourable spirit. May it serve as royal testimony per secular seculorum. Amen. She closed the book, now finished. The library reappeared around her. Everything took form and seemed unfamiliar for a while. She was clasping the book, which rested on her lap. So many emotions, so much time passed. She had forgotten all of it, but now she remembered. The solitude, the praying, the confinement. She had retained servants and had, in actuality, continued to live as a rich woman, but she had lost her place in history. None of that mattered now. So many lives she had lived since then, so many people, so much love and pain, but Juana's story, her story, was now fresh inside of her. She had watered that ancient moss, and it had revived and become green again. She started to walk back to her bedroom, reliving the parts she liked the most, saying what she had said back then in that beautiful old Spanish, old Castilian. She approached her room. Just think about your ideal bedroom. Go on, do it. I'll give you a minute. You've just listened to Her Library, a short story by Francisco Rubio Castillo, published 
by 50 Libros. Copyright 2018, Francisco Rubio Castillo. All rights reserved.